but we're coming back. It used to be called Digital Charcuterie, they got rebranded to ours. This show is Digital Charcuterie. Thank you so much for watching. Andrew, how's it going? It is going good. I missed everything you just said because that music was just a blast and I was having a great time, but I'm sure it was very profound. I'm yeah, sure you kicked us I off was, with a bang. Nobody probably heard me, <laughs> but that's fine. It's usually, I, I find, you know, my wife usually tells me it's better when she can't hear me. Um, oh. no, but nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Well, that's um, about to change because it, the first five listeners will receive a million dollars. No, that's not a real contest. Could, imagine if we had a million dollars. I would totally blow it on the first five listeners. We won't even get five listeners, but that is neither here nor there. I would blow it on one eighth of a house. <laughs> in in Toronto, you couldn't even get half of that. <laughs> We got a really busy show today, though. Busy show. A big show. Big. Lots to talk about on the program, as they say. Uh, so much going on. I got to I gotta mention something, though. I don't know if you saw or heard, but we weren't planning on talking about this, but I have to kind of uh, bring it in um, to you. Because I just saw this. Let me just figure out how to do this now because I'm learning. It's a learning process here. Sharing a screen, share screen, share the screen, share. Bam. These are uh, promotional artwork for the Doctor Strange show has been revealed. Andrew, you're a big, big, big Doctor Strange guy. What do you think of of this here? Look, I spent like the last 20 years of my life writing about wizards. So there's no way this movie is not going to get me excited. Now, that's a beautiful image. Uh, there's supposed to be this big trailer sort of coming out soon. I don't know. But these images are great. Uh, I'm just like, I just want this movie to be out already. But I'm also, I like that we have this lull right now because we had so much Marvel in the second half of 2021 that mm -hmm. I'd like that there's just a little bit of a lull before we carry on with that. I think it's perfectly timed. You are going to get Moon Knight. Yeah, I think that's March, which is cool. That's a good chunk of time for me to have no Marvel. Yeah, and I mean, you have a Marvel podcast, so I guess, you know, you want a break because why would you want something to talk about? <laughs> that's that's what you need. Let's get right into it, though. Let's talk about... We saw that Doctor Strange. I think it looks cool, fine, whatever. Great mm -hmm. stuff. I'm looking forward to Doctor Strange. A synopsis was just released. You can check that out. We're not going to talk about it. We are going to talk about Moon Knight, though. Uh, Oscar Isaac had a Actors on Actors that he did with Jared Leto. And he said the following. He said, I had never heard of Moon Knight before, and I collected comics when I was younger. I'd heard of Morbius, but I'd never heard of Moon Knight. I don't know how the process was for you, obviously talking to Jared Leto, because it's a feature film, and we are a limited series. Andrew, I also collected comics when I was a kid back in 1991, 2, 3, 4, around that time. That was that was my era of collecting comics. I obviously had some before that, some after that, but that was my big, big, big one. Moon Knight was not a comic that I, I searched for, I looked for. I did have the Moon Knight card in the, in the Marvel. I don't know if you remember, but Marvel had trading cards 
I know you know the Spider-Man ones, but there was a Marvel series of trading cards, much like basketball cards and hockey cards. I used to collect those. Uh, I did have the Moon Knight one, but beyond that, Moon Knight is not a character I am familiar with. Um, and I'm I'm probably around the same age as Oscar Isaac in that ballpark. Uh, Moon, I know you know who Moon Knight is, but have you always been familiar with Moon Knight? And how did you discover Moon Knight? Well, I know who Moon Knight is in the same way that I know who Charlemagne is. In that I've heard his <laughs> name once or twice, but I can't tell you I've met the man and I don't know what his fears and interests and hopes and dreams are. Um, for me, it was, I think I'm in the same boat as you, man. I think I had the trading cards that told me like, here's this guy that you've never heard of. Here he is on this card. And I'm like, oh, cool. He looks kind of like a white Grim Reaper. That's neat. Uh, and then I would uh, just kind of hear his name tossed around in Marvel stuff uh, until, uh, what was the first time I saw him do anything? It was Marvel Ultimate Alliance on the Xbox 360. That really fun Marvel game where you have like a bajillion characters you can be. And one of them was Moon Knight, and he could flip around, and he had a stick. And I was like, oh, I like this guy. He's kind of like a daredevil, but cooler than – I always thought daredevil was kind of lame. Uh, he just seems cooler than just a guy who jumps around on rooftops in Hell's Kitchen lame. with a stick. Yeah, he's like – he's this fuse between daredevil, Donatello, and a grim reaper, and there's something Egyptian about him. Uh, Ryan, my co-host on the Infinity Rewatch podcast, though, he loves Moon Knight. He has been looking forward to this show more than any other Disney Plus show that the MCU has announced. So he is going to have a bajillion things to say about Moon Knight. That's funny because, uh, first of all, it's hi to Disney Desi watch, watching along in the chat. Hi, Disney Desi. I, I, I find that funny because I I know a few people. I'm putting on the – I'm trying to reply on the chat. Um, I know a few people who are love a love Marvel, and they say that this is their most anticipated Marvel show. And I'm like, what? I know, I know, it blows my mind. And for me, uh, I I always loved Daredevil. He's someone that I've always liked since I was uh, a little kid. But I I also loved um, She-Hulk. I'm very, I, I, just these are characters that just I knew growing up. And, um, I mean, I guess we've already, I, the one thing with Moon Knight, though, is we've already had the WandaVision and we've had uh, uh, Loki. And I think those would be maybe two that might, that Marvel fans might say were a little bit higher on their priority list of Marvel shows. I don't, I think Moon Knight would probably trump Hawkeye and, and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Nothing against the shows. Like, I, I mean, at the end of the day, who knows what your favorite show is going to be? It might be Hawkeye. But I think just for anticipation, um, it's very intriguing to me that Moon Knight is 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 up there on all these Marvel fans' lists, and it's coming up the same month as Batman, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. And people um, are, are comparing Moon Knight to Batman, and some are believing that Moon Knight might be superior to Batman. Uh, from your knowledge of Moon Knight, what do you? And from what your co-host Ryan thinks, do you think Moon Knight could surpass Batman? Uh, uh, Batman has the Riddler yeah I mean that that's all you need to say uh, there's a bad joke in here about this being a black and white comparison so I'm not going to make it because that's too on the nose um, I, from what I know of Moon Knight though he's very original like in the same way that Spider-Man you know there's no real other superhero like him you can comb through DC and you'll never see anybody who's quite like Spider-Man I feel like Moon Knight is sort of the same way because he's got this whole multiple personality disorder. He's 
controlled somehow by like some ancient Egyptian spirit or something. I don't know. Don't quote me on these details. That's just broad strokes what I remember Ryan telling me. So he sounds really, really unique. And we all love a little bit of unique. But I mean, I'm in the same boat as you where he was not, he might have been my least most anticipated when they first announced all those shows, just because nothing against them, but it was just because the way they were describing his show, it sounded like it was going to be a lot like the old Netflix shows, like the Daredevils and the Luke Cages and stuff. And those Netflix shows are great, but they're so different from MCU. And I didn't want it to feel like that. I wanted it to feel like MCU. So I was riding the She-Hulk type train. I'm still, that's all I've wanted for like three years is give me some She-Hulk. Um, the hype has diminished a bit since they changed the logo and now the logo looks bad. But uh, I don't know if I've seen the logo. I've seen the old uh, Disney Desi just said her husband most anticipated <clears throat> is also Moon Knight. Wow, there you go. So the trailer we've all seen the trailer from Moon Knight blew the roof off the numbers. Andrew seventy five million in like the first day. Or did it really second, do that much? Yeah, it did the oh. most. The only one that trumped it was Falcon and Winter Soldier, which was riding on the coattails of the Super Bowl. It was a wow. Super Bowl trail. Yes. So this is the most, and I, I believe it beat WandaVision by a good number. Hawkeye was much, much lower. So people are excited for Moon Knight. And I will say the Moon Knight trailer, I was underwhelmed by. I've said this to you. I was a little bit underwhelmed by the trailer uh, for a few reasons we won't we don't have to talk about. But um, it was a little bit underwhelmed. But. Uh, the ending when it went to that white Disney Plus logo, I was yes. like, "Oh, that's nice." Not that that really has any bearings on the show, but the this has arguably the best poster, of, right? For sure. At least the at least the Disney Plus shows, and it was it's probably one of the best teaser posters I've seen for a Marvel show. It reminded me of a Ninja Turtle poster, um, <laughs> so take that as you will. But you know, remember the the first Michael Bay Ninja Turtle poster? They all had just the hands of them holding their weapons, and it and I I really like that that on it. And we're going to show posters in a little bit. That's kind of reminiscent, but the the poster for Moon Knight really really had me. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. You know, I'm very iffy with a lot of TV. I haven't watched a lot of the Marvel shows, but I am definitely going to check out Moon Knight, especially because people like Ryan. And Disney Desi's husband, who are very excited about this, it's telling me that maybe there is something to this. And also, Oscar Isaac, he just did Star Wars. He did X-Men. I feel like his bank account didn't necessarily need this. No. Um, so there might have been something in there. He did say, I don't know if you heard this, uh, he did say that he heard that he, he like, reads these to like his nephew or something and the reaction he gets from him is whether or not he does it and apparently this got like a good reaction from his nephew so he decided to do it but i don't think he would i don't think he needs the paycheck on this one i think maybe x-men he might have but i think he you know especially with the way star wars went for you know the way he talks about star wars going where he doesn't think he'd go back to that galaxy i feel like there had to be something in in this script in this synopsis in this character that drew him to it that tells me that maybe maybe is worth checking out well if they're going the route of the the multiple personalities i mean like that's juicy for any actor right i mean if somebody had a part like that for me i'd be like yes please uh, i don't know if you've ever seen the i know he's a hot button topic right now so i'm just talking about the show not the man but if you've ever seen the joss whedon show dollhouse like that show is an actor's dream come true because it's like every character 
gets the new personalities like every time they work up like or rather every time they wake up in this like world so it's it's nuts uh, and my mom is gonna walk past right now on a live live podcast it's okay hi mom There's the whole world apologize. is watching you right now you don't oh, need to apologize at all. Oh, no. everybody judge her when she walks past no. No, I think it's the, like Muppet Babies, though. It's just going to be from the neck down. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the thing about Moon Knight, I think, if there's one thing that makes me feel like it justifies the reason why I'm not excited for it, uh, everybody's not said, excited. Not, not excited. <laughs> yeah, not excited. Sorry. If there's one All thing right. that justifies why I'm not that excited for it, and this might be a shallow thing, but it's like I couldn't tell you one of this character's villains. And when you're making a superhero movie or show, and I can't tell you who any of their adversaries are, my first question is like, well, what's the point? What's the show going to be about? And I'm sure that's going to be fine. I mean, like I couldn't have told you one of Hawkeye's villains either. And we got the greatest villain of all time in Hawkeye. So uh, it's, it's just when they're that low tier where it's like, you know, they don't have their rogues gallery. I can't tell you who any of his friends are, his allies. Does he have an Aunt May? I don't know. Uh, that just kind of makes him a cipher for me. So it's not that I dislike him. It's just like, I have no idea who this guy is. That's why I'm not that excited for it. As opposed to She-Hulk where I'm like, I know her world. I know the characters that, you know, orbit her. So I'm stoked to see what they do with her. Disney does the Oscar Isaac with a British accent right there. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. That is a rough British accent. I'm curious if well you have a theory on the British accent. Why don't you lay or can you lay it on us? Do you are you yeah. are you sure with that? I mean, I think it's just a simple matter of he is struggling with all these different personalities he's got. Like in the the trailer, he identifies himself as some other guy. When I know just because Ryan told me this, I know his character's real name is Mark Spector. But in the trailer, he's like, I'm Paul or whatever. And then somebody's like, Your name's not Paul. So I think that this persona he has that he thinks he is just happens to be a British dude. And then when we meet the real him that's buried in there somewhere, he's not British. Interesting. I, I, I There's a lot to... How many episodes is it? Do you know? I have no idea. I'm going to guess eight, but these shows are all sure over the map. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious how it's going to go. I will check this show out. But we're going to move on now to our next topic, which is a show... I absolutely will be checking out. Andrew, why don't you give us a little read on um, this show that's called Lord of the Rings. The power of the Is it the power of the, power of the Rings? The Rings of Power, James. There's a huge <laughs> like the difference. Power of the Rings. <laughs> that sounds like a He-Man spinoff. Ah, let's do it. Oh, boy. This has me excited. All right. This is Prime Videos of the Lord of the Rings, colon, the Rings of Power. And it brings to screens for the very first time the heroic legends of the fabled Second Age of Middle-Earth's history. This epic drama is set thousands of years before the events of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, and it'll take viewers back to an era in which great powers were forged, kingdoms rose to glory and fell to ruin, unlikely heroes were tested, hope hung by the finest of threads, and one of the greatest villains that ever flowed from Tolkien's pen threatened to cover all the world in darkness. Beginning in a time of relative peace, the series follows an ensemble cast of characters, both familiar and new, as they confront the long-feared reemergence of evil to Middle-earth. From the darkest depths of the Misty Mountains, to the majestic forests of the elf capital of Lindon, to the breathtaking island kingdom of Numenor, to the farthest reaches of the map, 
these kingdoms and characters will carve out legacies that live on long after they are gone. James, this show is, I mean, it, this has been one of the biggest things I've been looking forward to for like the last half decade. Uh-huh. And the fact that it's finally this tangible, I thought we were getting it. Like, I thought this was going to be like a Boba Fett situation where it's like the last day of 2022, like a super Christmas release. And then to find out today from you that it's coming out in September, I'm just giddy as a schoolboy. You don't have to wait long. Still somewhat long. You know, we're still nine months or eight months away from, from the release of this. We don't know much about it. It's a prequel, obviously, okay. to... um the books or the movie, we don't know. Maybe both. I'm guessing both. not both, though, because I don't think anything is coming back. But the books, obviously, the movies are obviously based on those, on those uh, books. Uh, a few weeks ago, we did get that like non CG title reveal that they did, which was really cool. Um, and this Lord of the Rings. Are you knowledgeable in Lord of the Rings beyond just the the trilogy and the Hobbit? Well, not to toot my own horn or anything but if you check my tinder profile the first thing i write is ladies i know all the elves that's why i had to delete my tinder profile but all that notwithstanding yeah i i am i have read the the trilogy multiple times i have read the silmarillion twice which is not an easy book to read yeah uh, it's just it's not written really to be read as a book but the Sil- basically. To give you some context, the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit are the third age. The Silmarillion is the first age. And this show is the second age. Uh, so that's how the timeline looks. From what I remember reading, uh, Tolkien's family, his estate, didn't give them permission to do anything set in the first age. The first age was off limits. They're like, you're not touching the Silmarillion. You're not touching that stuff. You're not adapting it. The second age was up for grabs. So that's why we have this set in the second age. And the beauty thing is, I mean, they latched on to the perfect moment. The second age is when the rings of power get forged. It's basically that whole prologue where Cape Blanchett is like, nine were made for the humans, all that stuff. And leading up to that big fight where um, Hugo Weaving is like, cast it into the fire. That's the end of the second age. When they kill Sauron and they cut his finger off, that ends the second age and begins the third. So this is all, I'm assuming going to lead up to that war, that battle. Uh, He's going to be making these rings and giving them out. And the fact that these posters, I mean, James, you sent me this link and I'm like, okay, let me check out these character posters. There's like 90 of these things. It's insane. And some of them are like, somebody's holding a sword. Some guys are holding acorns. Like I have an acorn. I can, I'm going to hold it. We'll show some right now. We have, uh, we have seven of them up because they just kept dropping these things. Yeah. I got acorns. The acorn one threw me off. It's like hold my nuts. I don't know what's going <laughs> on with it. But then you got obviously the the evil Saurani guy here. Um, and then I don't know what's going on here. And then and this one is she pregnant on the right of the screen? <laughs> like, yeah, is that, I don't is know she happening. pregnant with Bilbo Baggins? Is my question. Like, I feel sorry for here? that actor because it's like everybody's getting these cool like hold this bow and arrow, hold these symbolic acorns. And then they told this lady, just hold yourself. 
Oh my, oh, yeah. And I, there's some sword ones. I don't have them. I accidentally put the acorn one on a thousand times. I'm very much obsessed with the acorn picture, clearly. September 2nd, though, that's like right before. Is that Labor Day or right before Labor Day? That's right at the end of, of summer. Mm-hmm. Oh, and right now, Andrew, I cannot wait for summer. Do not get me started on summer. I cannot wait for it whatsoever but these posters are these posters for teaser posters i think they're awesome i mean i will go back to this one this one in the middle here of sarom dude is sweet right like this is this is why i think the honestly i do think the acorn with the sauron guy are like the reasons why you're gonna watch this show you're gonna watch Mm -hmm. it for hobbits acorns and swords the sauron thing has me the most interested because that was i remember a big point of contention for like the super hardcore Tolkien nerds when the movies came out is that Tolkien never really described what Sauron looked like, except in the Silmarillion and the Silmarillion, they say he made himself look very beautiful because he was always trying to deceive people and get them to trust him. So he just looked like a super beautiful supermodel of a man. And then in the movies, he's this giant, monster in like black armor and stuff and people were like no that's not what Sauron's supposed to be uh so I'm really curious what Sauron's deal is going to be physically in this show like are they going to hire like the stud of all studs to make this guy look trustworthy or is he going to look like he has looked in the Peter Jackson trilogies because I like the idea of seeing both yeah, so do I. I'm. Um, have they announced a cast for this at this point? They have announced a lot of cast, but most of it is kind of like we're not going to tell you who they're playing. Um, oh, okay. I know there's one girl, like the lead that they announced that she's playing young Galadriel, and I don't remember her name, but that's the only one I remember offhand. The others are characters that I'm not familiar with. And I'm look. I'm completely great. I'm I'm fine with going into this show, knowing very little about who's playing who or the plot itself. Obviously, rings are going to be forged, and they're going to be divvied up amongst the inhabitants of Middle Earth. And I think this might be a case of less is more. I and I feel that about a lot of things, right? Less is more. Let's go into it. You don't need to know every aspect of everything. These posters are great because they're not showing us anything, but they're showing us enough to know. It looks like Lord of the Rings. When I look at these pictures, yes. it looks like Lord of the Rings. It looks like that that world that we're in. And I'm glad that it's not a remake of Lord of the Rings. Just the you know the three books that we've already seen Peter Jackson do or The Hobbit. I'm glad that this is outside of that and they can create new characters, some familiar characters, and just have have a good time with what they're doing. I think that's where you're going to have the most. I mean, we talk, we talk about star Wars all the time on rebels come podcast. And it's like, what makes the Mandalorian so much fun is it lives in a time frame that we know, but it's taking characters that we don't know and doing things. And, you know, there are places that it can't deviate from, but that's what makes it more creative in a lot of ways. And I think this show is going to benefit from, from having a past and present as well. Oh yeah. Like this is, you know, their equivalent of the High Republic, really. It's an untapped little thing that's back in the past, but not super far back in the past. Uh, so it's they have wiggle room and they have things that they can do because they're dealing with some a part of the sandbox that nobody's played in yet. Uh, my question for you, though, James, is considering the subject material 
And considering the fact that these posters seem to indicate that there are 9,000 characters to follow on the show, <laughs> um, are is this going to suffer from the inevitable Game of Thrones comparisons? Yeah. Oh, I you you compared Boba Fett to Game of Thrones. I think I did. Yeah, you uh, did. Yeah, we mentioned on the on Rebels Gun podcast this week. Mm-hmm. I I read that tweet uh, or that that text message you sent me there. I do. I mean, I think anything, I think the Witcher is getting that. I think anything that takes place in like a medieval time, not that this is medieval, obviously it's middle, but when it's medieval, let's it's medieval. Um, <laughs> for argument's sake, it is. I think anything that is, it's going to get that game of Thrones. Like, and the reality is like Lord of the Rings is Lord of the Rings. So maybe you can argue against it, but the reality is game of Thrones being the success that it was paved the way for that kind of show to not only be made, but to want to be made. And everyone, Amazon prime, Netflix, uh, Disney, Paramount plus all of them, HBO, even they're all looking for the next game of Thrones. What is the next game of Thrones? HBO is doing a Game of Thrones prequel. Halo's coming out on Paramount. Disney Plus has, I mean, Disney has the Marvel and the Boba Fett stuff. I think they're just hoping that one of those will hit the Game of Thrones, like become the Game of Thrones of, of it. And then we have uh, this Lord of the Rings show on Amazon Prime. They're all looking for the next Game of Thrones. That's how that's how television and movies have been for for decades. It's like, what is the next this? And and the mistake, though, Andrew, is you don't look for the next this. You become this, right? Like yes. Game of Thrones wasn't the next the next Magnum P.I. It was Game of Thrones, right? And so you don't have to. But I think this show, because it's it's Lord of the Rings, it gets to escape that and evade those um, those, <laughs> those <laughs> debates a little bit. And Disney does he. Oh, Andrew, what say you on this? I got to hear your opinion on this. We'll break a little bit, but... Game of Thrones, uh, is that like how do you how would you word that? Eats Boba Fett? Uh, no, it's Boba Fett is better than Game of Thrones. Yes. greater than Game yeah. of Thrones. They want to eat the better one. The alligator wants to eat the better one. <laughs> that's all I remember. Yeah, the alligator yeah, wants what... to eat better. <laughs> and then she said, "Sorry, not sorry." Uh, I, I've only seen season one of Game of Thrones, so I agree wholeheartedly. On that. Well, I've only seen season one of Book of Boba Fett, so Hey-oh. I don't know if I can talk. But uh, no, Disney, I i mean, I'm not going to uh, yuck your yum at all. I think Book of Boba Fett is a fantastic show. And from what it looks like, we are only getting one season of it. So it's a lot easier to judge its merits because it has less opportunities to screw up. Uh, Game of Thrones have plenty of those opportunities, and I feel like I, I'm one, I'm in the camp of the first seven seasons were magnificent. Uh, I know a lot of people hated season seven, but I'm like, no, season seven's great. It's just in the last season where I was like, what are you people doing? Did you forget how to write? Um, so that's I, funny because sorry, sorry, Aaron Aaron watched it all. She got uh, Lyme disease, and she watched it all while she was like bed bedridden. Mm-hmm. And she got to she got to season eight as it was happening, and she had the same kind of opinion. Like she was loving the show; she had no gripes with even like anything. And then all of a sudden, she goes, "I don't know what's happening here." Like something, and she was, but she was watching it like back to back to back to back to back. Like there was yes. no breaks. Like you guys all had breaks, right? So it was yeah. it was interesting to see everyone having that same kind of opinion of the last season of the show. 
Yeah, that last season was weird. Um, but I feel, and Disney, I don't know if this is how you feel, but I feel like the way my brain works is I automatically give more points to the Book of Boba Fett just because, even though I love both these shows, just because Game of Thrones is trying to adapt a thing that was already made, whereas Book of Boba Fett is telling a story that has never been told before and we have no idea how it's going to play out. Uh, that made the last few seasons of Game of Thrones more exciting for me because I'm like, I don't know where the story is going to go. And then we saw where it went, and it's like, take me back to season five, please. Uh, so wait, but, do you think that will affect you on Rings of Power at all? Um, not No, because Rings of Power is not based on really any story. All that they're using, from what I can tell, of Tolkien's Legendarium is Sauron made these rings. He made it rain and he gave rings to people and then it led to people trying to overthrow him because he had the big daddy of all the rings. But other than that, this is completely new territory. So I find that really, really cool, but I'm worried that the majority of fans, uh, or at least not the majority, but I'm worried that toxic fandom, let me put it that way. I'm worried toxic online fandom will not be able to let themselves enjoy this show because they'll be too busy getting on a soapbox and saying, this isn't what Tolkien would have wanted. Uh, just because we know that that's how toxic fandom works. So I feel I just have to prepare myself for that because that response is going to happen. It's 2022 that people are going to do that on Twitter, but I'm just going to sit and ride this Hobbit fueled wave of like stories that I don't know and little references to things that I do know and just getting excited for that because that's what I love about this. I think the the one thing though that it has going for it, like you said though, is this is that second age thing, right? Yeah. Where it's kind of like it hasn't been touched. So you can kind of get away with doing a lot. Um but again judging from these posters it looks like they're being somewhat respectful to Lord of the Rings. It looks like Lord of the Rings. They're like dirty hand the hands aren't clean, they're dirty. The Nobody in like, Lord of the Rings has clean fingers. Not one soul. Yeah, but Bezos might have been like make sure someone has clean hands. I I don't know what these uh what these berries are here. Rez says that makes sense, Andrew. I don't know who this Rez guy is. Nobody should be Hi, Rez. Andrew, obviously. <laughs> this is the complete uh, 180 from what he said about you yesterday on the live show on Rebel Scum. What? Uh, what do you guys think of these posters uh, in the chat? Um, I think there's, like I said, I think this week, I think this show is a lot to look forward to. It looks like they're spending a lot of money. Amazon Prime is really kind of like building up their library tenfold now i get you know this is on there this is on there a lot of a lot of programming is um coming on and mr red says that pippin had clean hands that's because he was always <laughs> eating and licking his fingers like he never had a chance to get them dirty gotta love second breakfast uh yeah it, i don't know what more to say about this show the synopsis sounds great um the posters look like you know sure uh, and I have Prime Video, so I can't see why I'm not going to watch this yeah. show. I love Lord of the Rings. Uh, and and I, to your point, though, September 2nd, end of summer, that's not really when I really enjoy watching television. I am a, a December, Lord of the Rings and December really go together well. Yes, like, they do. kind of filled that void. And when they put Solo there instead and you went that, had that Christmas without it, you felt a little bit empty. So that's the only thing that I'm like, yeah, a little I'm not bummed. I mean, if I wanted to, I could wait until December. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's not going anywhere. But that's the only thing I would say in that respect is, you know, whatever. Going to watch it at the end of summer, the tail end of summer. I, I hope it releases weekly. I don't. Yeah. Uh, Prime has had a few shows. I don't. I haven't watched any Prime shows, so I'm not sure how they do it. But I heard Andrew, and actually, why don't you? Uh, mention this before we go on to our next topic is I, I read um, an article today that's saying that Netflix, their their method of releasing everything at once is not uh, doing them any favors lately. Their numbers are dropping, whereas the whereas the streaming services that are going weekly are more successful. So where, where are you on? Do you like everything all at once? Or are you a week to week? I like the week to week thing. Because uh, last year I made the mistake. I was so excited. excited. Wow, here's English. I was so excited for Cobra Kai season three last year that I watched it all in one sitting. And that is not healthy or smart uh, because now that season is all blurred together. And uh, yeah, Disney, you're right. I, I don't know what I was thinking to say that there were toxic fans online. Maybe I, yeah, ignore that. That wasn't true. Fake news. Uh, so I much prefer, especially when it shows that I'm really loving, I prefer having to pace myself. Though some shows I feel like, like I've gotten to the point where when a Netflix show comes out that I'm excited for, I can watch like three at a time and then wait another day and pace myself. But for things like these that I'm really, you know, chopping at the bit for, things like Mandalorian, things like Lord of the Rings, I'm glad that I get the wait because I want to pace myself. And I'll just conclude by saying, the thing that makes me the most excited about this show, James, about the Rings of Power, and that I think a lot of Tolkien fans might feel the same way, is that that little snippet from what I read, where they said it'll explore, you know, this place and that place and all the edges of the map. Uh, yeah, the farthest reaches of the map. Oh, I can't tell you how excited that makes me feel because anybody who read those books and looked at those maps that Christopher Tolkien drew always thought the same thing that I did, which is like, Look at this place that the, the story never goes here. And it's just this empty space, but there's something there called like the Blue Hills of Duel. And it's like, what's that? What, what's over there? What's this tower on the sea that we never see or mention at all? Like what's going on in that tower? So the idea that we're going to get some answers to those questions. Hmm. Yes, please. And uh, Disney does these also on week to week because it gives the opportunity to come to YouTube and listen to your thoughts and Thursday. Well, thank you very much. Bingo, Disney, Disney. Um, exactly. Yeah, look, that is one thing. Uh, I'm a week to week guy. You know, I'm not a binger, but I can't. So I can't really. I don't like my opinion kind of sucks on this because I'm not a binger naturally. So I'm always going to say week to week. Um, but I do like, I, I hate like when Stranger Things comes out because like I talked to Brock about it and he's like, ah, I watched it. And I'm like, well, I saw the first episode, so we can't talk about it yet. Cause he, yeah. you know, you, you forget which happens in which episode when you watch them all at once. Right. Cause there's yes. no more intros. There's nothing. It's just, it's just all blurs. And it's one giant movie, which is also fine. So I can't talk, we can't talk about it. So it's done. But but week week to week I love. However, a show like the book of Boba Fett, um, people, I, I wanted to. I talked to Brock a little bit about this. It's like, would this show? Because Peacemaker dropped three episodes at once. Bam, 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 three episodes. Are you in? That's how you hook it. I, I'm wondering if a show like Book of Boba Fett would have benefited from maybe the first few episodes dropping on the same day. Uh, One Division did the first two mm -hmm. because they were similar. Hawkeye did two. 
Um, and the Hawkeye two, I, I was a fine with it being two actually, but I didn't feel like those two really needed to drop in the same day. Like WandaVision was, kind of, it felt a little bit more. And Peacemaker kind of made sense why they dropped those three because the thir- end of the third episode was when you're like, oh, the plot. Like that's when you're like butterflies, right? Spoilers, yeah. not really, but. So I don't know. Do you think before we move on, do you think Book of Boba Fett could have benefited from maybe three or four episodes dropping at on the same day, or are you just like, nope, week to week is week to week? I don't, I think week to week in the case of Boba Fett is better, just because that show right now is two different shows. It's like the first half was Godfather Two with Boba Fett, and now it's this totally different thing that we're seeing. It's Mandalorian Two Point Five, so. I think the more pacing you have between that, the less jarring that is, even though it is still a very jarring experience. Um, But what I like about the idea of these particular shows, the Marvel and the Star Wars shows, one reason why I love that they're paced out this way is because now you can, you have a reason to rewatch because you're watching it this way, episodically with everybody else week by week. And then let's say in a year, I want to do, an MCU marathon and watch everything in order again. When I get to Hawkeye, I can watch it all now as one six hour movie. Whereas I, I, if I had already had that experience when it came out, it wouldn't feel as, you know, the novelty would be gone. Yeah. And I did watch Mando season one. We talked about whether or not I would as like a four hour movie. And I said, never. And I did. Um, mm-hmm. It was a great, it was a great experience. Okay, let's move on. We're going to talk a little Batgirl right now. Look at that, James Bat Gordon. Girl. I'm the same Batgirl. Andrew, we look at these photos. J.K. Simmons can do no wrong. Pitch perfect looking, commish here. I'm hoping he's commissioner Gordon because we talked about that. I, I sent you a t- I was watch playing the was it the telltale telltale t- games of Batman, and they're like Lieutenant Gordon. I'm like, why is he always a lieutenant now? How did <laughs> Like I understand, like Nolan was like, we're gonna, and now you know Matt Reeves is like, well, he's got to, he's got to earn it. Fine, but at some point, can we just like, can he just be Commissioner Gordon? Like he's just, just make him Commissioner Gordon. We're good, we're good to go. <laughs> the animated series, he's Commissioner Gordon. We just anyway. So I look at this, I see Commissioner Gordon, but Andrew, um, we talked about this a little bit before. I look at these pictures and I think flashback. I think this is the commission. Michael Chiklis, and I think this is his wife, and I think this is a young Barbara Gordon. I think the purple hat kind of tells us it's a young Barbara Gordon. I think her Joker color wardrobe here also tells us it is Barbara Gordon. But you see these pictures. What do you think? I think I feel pretty much the same way. If I had no idea who J.K. Simmons was, and I didn't know that he existed, and I was walking down the street and I saw him here like this, I would turn to whoever was near me and I would say, doesn't that guy look like Commissioner Gordon? Uh, Like they're nailing the look of him. And you're right. That's definitely Barbara Gordon. That's young Barbara in the middle there with the hat. This is absolutely going to be some kind of flashback scene. What just makes me so happy is that they're finally, and, and this is not a knock against the Suicide Squad, and it's not a knock against Wonder Woman 1984, because I've liked both those movies a lot. But what this does that makes me so happy that those two movies don't do is they're finally reminding us that DC has a shared universe, too. Because, uh, my God, Warner Brothers just has all these toys, and they don't play with them, or they play with them one at a time. So you know how much I love Gotham City. It's my favorite DC character. Uh, I want them to 
really explore the interconnectivity of all these Gotham characters. And as excited as I am for the Batman, I know it's not part of this Gotham City. So it's nice to start to see these all come together and just intertwine the way that I like these stories to intertwine. So more, please, more of this. Yeah, I'm with you. I I I, I don't mind when Wonder Woman 2 doesn't share the universe because there's, for me, there was no point to it in that like it didn't make sense in that movie it didn't need doesn't need you don't need to shoehorn something in there just to shoehorn it but yeah. at the same time there's a lot going on in in the dc universe that can inter, that can connect and i mean now it's taking the flash movie and um we'll pro I'll probably talk about this in another video where whether or not batman ben affleck's batman exists or not we don't know but michael keaton is he signed on for apparently at least three movies. So the flash Batgirl, and something we don't know. Um, there have been concerns that they are turning this Batgirl into Batman beyond that storyline. They're getting rid of the Batman beyond character and they're making a Batgirl. Um, I know a lot of people have kind of felt negative about that because that's its own thing. And I kind of get it, but I also feel like if you're bringing in Michael Keaton as Batman, He's 70. Like, there's not a whole lot Batman can do at that point. It's And this back, for me, like, when I see this, I think J.K. Simmons looks fantastic here. Um, let me see if I can show the... I'm trying to show it on the... There we go. J.K. Simmons looks fantastic here to me. I thought the Batgirl costume looked pitch perfect. Oh, like, yeah. oh, that's what Batgirl looked like. People are complaining. That's what Batgirl looked like to me. And I grew up with the Adam West Bat Batman shows, so whatever. But that's to me, this is what Batgirl looks like. I think that, that looks all fine. And if she's going to move into that Batman role, I'm okay with that. And, and it's exciting because there's that mural. I don't know if you saw it, but there's a mural of Batman, Michael Keaton's Batman, that's kind of war and torn and right beside him is robin which means a robin does exist in the michael oh, keaton so batman universe which means that at this point in time robin would no longer be robin but nightwing would be roaming the streets somewhere yes. doing his thing which could lead us to a nightwing movie and i think i love man of steel and i love batman v superman i've gotten a lot of flack for these loves my whole like for the last 10 years but now people love but i love those movies the one thing i've always said though is as much as i love man of steel is it wasn't a movie that really felt like it was meant to create a universe you know it was like this is a standalone superman movie and they're like well we got to create a universe around it it's like well is that the universe you want and i think and people love the Snyderverse. I love the Snyderverse. I'm not going to go hashtagging it like a maniac and downvote all good movies just to prove some kind of weird point. But I'm loving what I'm seeing here. I'm loving J.K. Simmons. I'm loving this. Uh, I grew up with Michael Keaton. I mean, Adam West, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer. But the only thing, Andrew, is kids today, do they care about Michael Keaton playing Batman? That's a great question. And I don't think... Most of them do. I have like some students who are, they're the exception, not the rule, who are on top of all this stuff. And they're like, wow, Michael Keaton, Batman. And they're like 11. Uh, but like I said, those are the exception, not the rule. But I don't think Warner Brothers plan it this way. Um, I'm assuming that because they have not proven to be good at planning things when it comes to DC. So I think this was just a happy accident in their favor. But what's coming out in spring, apparently, the Gotham Knights game. 
And the Gotham Knights game is going to make Batgirl, Nightwing, and Robin cool and put them in the spotlight for the first time really since Batman and Robin. I mean, when else have they been in the spotlight this much? So that is going to get people really excited for this movie who have not, maybe they've been on the fence, whatever. You're right. The costume got me excited too. Um, Did they say... Has there been an announcement of like who the villain is in this movie, or is that still it's, hush-hush? Uh, yeah, it's Brandon Fraser as Firefly. As Fire? Oh, that's right. Okay, he's Firefly. Okay, you can so, check out video of him leaving a shop on fire. Ooh, all right. So we've yeah, got he is an actor who is making a comeback because we haven't seen him in like twenty-five years, and a villain we've never seen before who is a relatively like known Batman villain. So. All the pieces are there. I think this movie is going to be so much damn fun. Uh, I, from what I can gather, it's the first DCEU movie that's going to really let us explore Gotham, which is nice. But it's also an HBO Max movie. Yes. There have been rumors, though, that when Discovery buys warner brothers they might push it to the theater but for now it's an hbo max movie which is confusing not confusing i i it makes me think that they're looking for a higher quality film on their streaming service right off the get-go like wonder woman 2 like mortal Kombat, like uh, like like theater whether you like those movies or not that's not the point they are theatrical films that ended up being released on on that I, that's the only thing is like, well, are they going to cheapen out a little bit because of HBO Max? I don't actually think so. I think, to be honest with you, we're talking about Boba Fett and Star Wars and MCU, and they work that like the, the MCU, the theatrical MCU is already TV shows anyway. They're mm-hmm. just two hour, three hour endgame television shows that that happen to be in the theater. That's all these are. So it makes sense for me that, for this to be on HBO. If it makes the budget a little bit lower and they can give us more, but the quality is still there, I'm all for it as well because then you start tying it all together. And I think the one thing that we have to remember with Michael Keaton being Batman is, okay, the Batfleck stuff, if he comes doesn't come back, that might suck. But you have Michael Keaton and you have Pattinson. And I think they, they kind of will allow Batman in this iteration of the DC universe to be an older Bruce Wayne and let and let Batgirl kind of take over because in this one here you have Pattinson and then you leave the door open for him to come back and for them to do another solo movie with you know Seth Seth Rogen as Batman I don't know what but they, they have that they have that there in their back pocket so they don't have to worry about this one being young and about the kids not caring about Michael Keaton because it's a different thing altogether the new kids have Pattinson yeah and the kids will i mean the kids are excited for flash and that's where we're getting keaton so he's gonna be kind kind of wanted by the young audiences just through osmosis i'd imagine like wow look at this cool old man batman that they brought into the fold all of a sudden absolutely all right let's move on to another comic book and that is what john krasinski everybody wants him as captain fan uh, captain as mr fantastic captain fantastic of course is an elton john song everybody wants krasinski as mr fantastic however if you remember fantasia years ago he auditioned for captain america did not get it chris evans ended up getting that role obviously iconically he got it um, but rumors are in Doctor Strange, you will see, I don't even know if you remember this, but I believe it's been since 
early 2000s or the 90s, Tom Cruise was like attached to Iron Man. Rumor is that he will be uh, coming up as a variant of Iron Man in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. But John Krasinski is rumored to be in it. We see here from Moth Culture uh, on the Twitters that uh, John Krasinski will appear in the Multiverse of Madness, but only as a Captain America variant. But then they also say that the rumor is, this is a huge rumor, so take this with a grain of salt, that um, the money shot in the trailer that's going to run during the Super Bowl, which will be about 30 to 40 seconds, will be John Krasinski as Captain America picking up Captain Carter's shield. Andrew, I got to know, do you buy this? Do you want this? Would you want to see this? But but also, does it seem a little bit too on the nose with Captain Carter's shield? Like, people watching the Super Bowl, are they going to know? Is the what-if crowd the crowd that is watching the Super Bowl? I don't know, because Marvel's become so popular that any crowd is kind of an MCU crowd. Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's not wrong. Uh, That's not wrong. I don't know how to sports... So when is this on? When is the Super Bowl? Is that this Sunday? The 13th. The 13th. Oh, okay. The, the so we Sunday, got a little yes. while. I don't know if I buy this. Um, because I, I feel like this is going down a Ralph Boner road. Because so many people, uh, like I, I couldn't care less myself if he plays Mr. Fantastic or not. Like personally, I'm, you know, I could go either way on that. Uh, but so many people seem to have their heart set on Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. I know Ryan would love that. So to throw him in here as just some other random variant cameo, like if he's essentially just doing as much as Matt Damon did in Thor Ragnarok, to me that feels like why cast him if it's just, it feels like a middle finger to what those people want. So if he is rumored to be in this and he, if he is in fact in this movie, I feel like they'll put him in as Mr. Fantastic. And again, that's not wishful thing on my part. Cause I don't care if he's Mr. Fantastic, but I never understood the obsession with him as Mr. Fantastic. I think now he's getting to an age where he could be Mr. Fantastic, but I've never understood yeah. the obsession with him being Mr. Fantastic. There are so many, act there's so many actors that could have been Mr. Fantastic. Uh, I don't know if I buy this either. I guess we'll find out in a couple weeks. <laughs> oh yeah. A week and a half, we'll find out. I don't know. I'm with you, though. It, it is kind of almost on that uh, Ralph Boner way, although it's a little bit less. I mean, it would it, if you're going to get Tom Cruise as Stark, I think it would make sense for Krasinski to be Captain America. The only problem with both of those, though, is how many people are in the know that know that. I think right. more people are aware of the, of the Krasinski Captain America than of Tom Cruise being attached for 495 years as Iron Man, and then all of a sudden Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. You're like, what? I thought it was like 20 years ago. You told me it was Tom Cruise, and now it's it's that it will be good to see Tom Cruise with a mustache, though. I, so I don't know how I feel about this either. Um, and honestly, they they released a synopsis of this movie. We talked about a little bit off the top that they did release a synopsis of it. Um, but like, I I I I I saw an interview with or read an interview with Sam Raimi, and they were like, "Are you done shooting?" He said, "I don't know." I'm worried that they might be getting carried away with uh, the characters that they're throwing in. Yeah, and, and I and one thing about Marvel, and I think it could be a problem eventually, is they do kind of cater to the fans sometimes, and that's not always. 
when it's Sonic the Hedgehog, it worked. Ninja Turtles, it didn't work. Sometimes, you know, if you think that X is the is the actor you need for Mr. Fantastic, but the fans are saying, Krasinski, maybe you got to go with your gut on it. And, and you don't, you, you know, appease the fans, but you don't always have to do their bidding is how I'll wrap that up. Yeah, agreed. This movie just looks bonkers. I don't know what's going on. Oh, I can't but... wait for it. Yeah. I, don't get me wrong. I'm just like maybe i don't know i like i can't really speak to it because i don't know what they're doing but it's like every time you hear a rumor it's like how many people are in this movie and and at what point is it not just like spider-man no way home when they look up at the clouds you know what i mean like like is it krasinski walking like hey guys i'm captain america goodbye gotta go this way in this portal this movie feels like it's going to be the opening credit sequence of gold member but for two and a half hours <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Let's move on now to the Batman because we're both looking for the Batman. This is from Robert. Robert Robert Pattinson said, "When I saw the when I saw it the first time, even from the first shot, it does feel incredibly different tonally to the other movies." Pattinson said to Total Film, and it's so strange and kind of dot dot dot. It's sad and quite touching. It's really really unusual Batman story, and it almost seems harder for me to imagine it being a series afterwards i mean they always have that little bit at the end that's like and coming up but other than that it feels strangely personal i think people will be quite shocked at how different it is i love that he kind of has the uh, adam west batman and coming up ne- <laughs> next time like you know same yeah. time same bat time same bat channel he, he alludes to that he also said in another interview that he didn't think there was ever, there were any bad Batman movies. So props to him for saying that. Whether it means it or not, it doesn't matter. It's good PR. But Andrew, you see this. Here's the question. We talk about Michael Keaton and Batman. Is this movie, because people are like, this movie's going to be huge. I think it's going to be a good movie. Don't get me wrong. But three hours, it doesn't look, it's not, fam- I know it's Rebby Rally. It's not family friendly. Like, you know, it might not be not family friendly, but if this isn't when you're like, let's go, Timmy, let's go see the Batman movie. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, is this movie going to be a box office smash? I think so. I really, now, like, this is an Andrew Fantasia movie. Make no mistake. Yes. It's super long. The Riddler is the main villain. And it shows Gotham the way I wanted to show Gotham. It, like they are, I don't know what Matt Reeves was doing. Was he inceptioning my dreams to find out what I like? But this has everything I like and everything I want. So it's going to be a smash hit with me. It will make $2 billion, even if I'm the only person who sees it. Uh, I, I think that this will, um, I don't know. I can't remember how well the Nolan trilogy did. I think the Dark Knight is still the most profitable one. But I think this will definitely beat the other two and maybe even give the Dark Knight a run for its money in terms of box office. I think it could be the, the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight would have been a huge, a bigger hit if tickets prices were as much as they were and it was in 3D. I think those are two factors. Yeah. This was not, This one is three hours, though, and that does kind of... Oh, there's less... Um, less show times for it to play but but at the same time endgame was three hours long it's the highest grossing movie of all time so and so so are avatar and titanic like they you yeah. the that whole argument of long movies don't make money is just executives being scared that's all it is except if the movie's long and people don't uh 
like it. Right. That's the difference. People have to like it. If people like it, they will go see it. We're in a weird era now with COVID because COVID will still obviously the no way home numbers for Spider-Man are astronomical and people are going back to the theater to watch that in droves, but it's a weird time for, for movies and a three hour movie. I want to see this movie badly, but do I want to spend three hours in the movie with other people who may or may not be infected with COVID whether or not I'm wearing a mask and they're chimouching on popcorn and like talking like they were in no way home. Like what are they talking about? I hated that experience. <laughs> I look, I love the movie theater, but when I saw Ghostbusters and Spider-Man, I was like, man, I kind of miss watching these at home. I was just like the idiots in the theater were just over the top dumb. Cause look, I have a projector. I watched suicide squad on my projector in the summer. I was like, this is a guy, you know, I, I didn't have any moron whipping off their mask, coughing, and you know, to, to call, you know what I mean? It's just like, uh, idiots. So uh, I'm really excited for it. Um, but he kind of says he kind of feels like this is a one off, but also it leaves room for a sequel. What do you, what are your takeaways from that? And uh, when you see the Joker in this movie, will you be happy? Uh, no, because <laughs> when I see the Joker, it's just like seeing a brick wall at this point. They're that common. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think Matt Reeves said he wants to do a trilogy. So yeah. I, I'm really just intrigued by what this is going to be and what the series is going to be. Uh, again, this is totally coming from Andrew's magical land of bias. But one thing they haven't done before is imagine if Riddler is kind of like a Darth Vader kind of character where he's the villain in all three of these movies. And you get others in and out, but he's like the like. That's something that hasn't been played with before, with the exception of like Magneto. So yeah. try that maybe. I don't know. I'd be all for it. I just think he's gonna I, I they just can't seem to figure out how to keep a villain alive in these movies. And no. unfortunately, the only time they did was Heath Ledger and the actor passed away and they couldn't uh, move right. on from it and do what they wanted. So, like, I, I don't know. I'm with you. I think keep the villains alive. I remember the first time I ever saw 1989 Batman with Michael Keaton. Uh, I got it on VHS. No one would take me to see it. I saw. I got it on VHS, and I'm watching it with my parents. And we all we all watched the the Bad and West Batman, obviously. And I watched the cartoon, and the movie ends, and the Joker dies. Spoilers. And my mom says, "Joker doesn't die. He gets arrested. He's, he's always like you can't you don't kill the Joker. Why would you kill the? That was my mom's biggest takeaway from the movie was she was just pissed off." That they killed the like pissed off. She's like, you don't kill the Joker. The, like these characters don't die, and they kept. I mean, the Riddler didn't die, but he went. You know, he was in a silent. He was pretty much dead. Like they, they, the Penguin, the Catwoman, I guess, but Penguin. Oh, they always have to kill them off. And it's like, can you? You know that you're making these movies, and if you say you're making a trilogy, like you just said, why not make the Riddler the big bad in all three of them? Or you know what I always loved is the Scream movies. Like 10 years ago, Matthew Lillard came out. Have you seen the new Scream, Andrew? No, because we don't have theaters yeah. yet. Uh, I want to, though. I'm itching to see it. I'm dying to see it as well. I haven't seen it. I haven't read any spoilers on it. Rob McDonald has seen it. He was in L.A. He got to see it. He said he really liked it. It's his third favorite Scream movie. <laughs> but, like, but here's my thing, though. It's it's The first one's great. I'm, the second Scream is my favorite movie, as one of my favorite movies. The third one, though, is lacking. And then you, Matthew Lillard came out like 10 years ago and he said he was supposed to be the bad guy in Scream 3. 
Oh, wow. I don't know if you know that, but he's no. yeah, he said he was supposed to be a bad guy and he was orchestrating it all from like prison. And you find out that Stu survived this whole time. And I'm like, that's great. Why not do that with with like the Riddler right now? I'm not saying the Riddler dies and he's like been alive the whole time, but like have the foresight to to be like, this is this is our our main guy. So I'm with you. Three hours is a long time. All right, we got one more topic and then we're gonna wrap it up. We got Madam Webb coming up. Dakota Johnson is in like final talks to be Madam Webb. Dakota Johnson is this actress that appeared in those Fifty Shades movies and kind of just like shows up, like she she knocked on Ellen and just kind of like she keeps herself afloat in in um in PR and publicity. But I I don't know if I've ever seen her in. I don't think I've ever seen her. I've seen the social network, which I think she had a scene in, but I don't think I've ever seen her act. Like, I don't know if she can or not. I guess she can. But anyway, rumors here, Andrew, that she is, or not rumors, it's pretty much being reported that she is playing Madam Web in the upcoming Madam Web series. You are a Spider Man guy and a big Joker fan. What do you think of this? Um, this has me 75% worried, James. And I'll tell you why. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Worried. 75% worried. It's because this feels wow. like a CW decision. And what I mean by a CW decision is no matter what the context, CW's knee jerk reaction to everything is make them hot. Right? So no matter what you're doing, it's like if you give it to CW, they're going to be like, okay hot Ebenezer Scrooge, hot Alfred, hot Penguin. And it's like, you guys are missing the point entirely. So along comes Madam Webb, who's supposed to be a shriveled old lady with no legs. And they cast this gorgeous, beautiful lady to play her. And it's like, the the reason I'm not 100% worried, James, is because they somehow managed to give us hot Aunt May and she's <laughs> awesome because they, you know, they got somebody as talented as Marissa Tomei and she made it work. But that's, again, that's an exception. That's not a rule. And I'm worried that this is just going to turn up to be, you know, like hot Madam Web. And I don't, that feels like lowest common denominator casting to me. Uh, and now this is Sony verse. This is like part of Morbius, part yeah. of Venom, right? It's not part of MCU. So I don't know. I really don't know. I, I, right now I'm just, I'm sitting at 75% worried. Uh, she's a beautiful lady. I'm sure she can act, but should she have been cast as Madam Web? My gut's saying no right now. I can't comment. Like I said, I haven't seen her act. I have no idea. I think it's weird. I think they're going Craven the Hunter, Madam Web. Morbius still hasn't come out. It's been like 27 years since they shot it. Jerry Leto is actually old enough to play Ebenezer Scrooge now in a Scrooge movie. Like, it's like, I, I don't know. The Morbius one's weird. They should have just, uh, if Morbius isn't the best movie ever made, it's going to bomb hard because of the delay. Like Wonder Woman saw it, right? Like Wonder Woman was delayed so much that when it went to streaming, they were like, we're done with this. Like every wrong choice they made in that movie, people like, picked apart yeah. to death and morbius is is even more doomed because <clears throat> it's not a fun it's not gonna be a fun movie it's gonna be a dark movie it's gonna be darker than venom i would guess and it obviously takes place in the venom universe which 
might take place in the Andrew Garfield universe. I don't know. But Venom did cross over in No Way Home. Spoilers. I I don't know how to feel about this. I, I Madam, it's the what I'm trying to figure out with these is see just for like Marvel was like we're going like Marvel had these characters, but they didn't have the rights to their good characters. They had Iron Man. They had they had Captain America. They had Thor, and and you know, they kind of had Hulk. I think well they kind of had Captain America or Iron Man. They didn't really. And they took these characters that were kind of good, and they're like, "Well, we're going to make great movies." And the first Iron Man's great; the other ones are whatever, but they're fine, they're passable. But like the first Iron Man, you're like, "What? Just how is that so good?" And they earned, they earned their movies, they earned their sequels, yeah. they earned their Avengers, they earned it, and now we're here, and they can make Shang Chi, and like no one gives a crap. They're like, "Whatever!" Like we're it doesn't matter. Guardians of the Galaxy, a talking tree, we're in. Like it's they earned it. DC, on the other hand, uh, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman earned it before the movies. So I kind of and Flash and I, they earned it before the movies because they've been ingrained in us for so long that you can get away with just being like, "Screw it, Justice League's here. Here's a character. Like, what? Go for it. You can get away with it, whether you thought the movie was good or not. That's whatever. But they they earned that. These Spider-Man characters haven't earned that. Venom, I think, earned it. Craven the Hunter spin-off movie, he hasn't earned it. Madam Webb far from earning it. Like this is where the concern is for Morbius. What like Morbius was great in the cartoon in the 90s, I get, but like like they haven't earned their their spot in it. Even I like the Venom movie. I haven't seen the sequel yet, but I like the Venom movie. But even Venom felt like he didn't quite I just said he earned it, but maybe he didn't quite earn it because Spider-Man is such a big crucial part of these characters and there's no association with Spider-Man whatsoever. And that's that's my thing is like you haven't earned it so why am I going to invest my money and time in these characters cuz you think I'm going just because they're based on comics but I'm going based on the track record of what's come before for the MCU. And and most people aren't going to the DC based on the track record of what came before. So it's a give and take. And right now it looks like Sony is taking and they got a lot of goodwill from Norway home, but no way homes. Goodwill came from uh, people loving all, all like Spider-Man is the most popular superhero. Of, one of the most popular characters in any media of all time. People love Spider-Man. I say, I know you don't like it, but I've said, there's never been a bad Spider-Man movie. Because Spider-Man's the greatest character. You love Sp- everyone loves Spider-Man. And, and, and as long as you play Spider-Man correctly and he wears blue and, and, and red, you're you're good. In this and case, he, even if he doesn't wear blue and red, you're good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Although at the end of No Way Home, though, that's too. Uh, but it's like these characters, I don't know if anyone cares. Craven the Hunter is a cool character, but he's not like. On his own, is he? So I don't know. Like Madam Web, I don't know if I, I and Madam Web, those arcs in the ninety cartoon show were always my least favorite. <laughs> so I don't know why I care about Madam Web. And then Dakota Johnson's like an actress who's like, I'm sure she's fine, but she's not someone that she has I don't think she has this drawing power to get you in there. I know they think like Jared Leto might. He's but he I would argue he's more of an A-lister than she is. It's it's just it's a strange everything about it is strange. The director, though, Andrew, is S.J. Clarkson, who has done some episodes of Defenders, 
uh, Jessica Jones, uh, Succession. Uh, so it seems like it's in competent hands. The writers are the writers of Morbius, which nobody has seen and nobody ever will see. So who knows how, how it's going to play out. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. Anything else you want to say about this one? Because I, I, my thoughts are just like, ah. At this point, the Morbius movie is a lot like the Morbius character and that they're never allowed to see the light of day. Yeah, it's so true. Um, see, I, I'm just baffled by Sony's decision-making because like you're saying, like there's, there's a sense of being earned and then there's a sense of, yes, you're all great characters, but you're great because you're part of the Spider-Man pocket. You're part of the Spider-Man mythology. Um, we all love, you know, these Batman villains, but I don't care about seeing a movie about Poison Ivy and then having her meet Batman because the most interest, like it, it feels like Sony's really trying to double down on this whole idea of like a Sinister Six or a team up or whatever, and like having its own Avengers movie of the Spider-Man universe kind of thing. But you can't really try to copy what MCU did in that regard, because like you said, none of these characters are really all that interesting unless they're crossing paths with Spider-Man. And the cartoons did it so well where it's like, yeah, here he is. He's meeting Kraven and he's dealing with Kraven and you get your basic Kraven story where it's him and Spider-Man facing off and you learn who this hunter guy is. And then the next time you meet Kraven and he's teamed up with people, then it gets more interesting. You're upping the ante. You're, you're adding new layers. You're seeing him in a different way. This method is backwards. And by the time they team up, and Spider-Man goes to fight them. It's like, why do we care that Spider-Man is fighting all these guys at once when we've never seen him fight them one-on-one? -on -one? It's it's a really baffling way to handle this. And the fact that Madam Web is getting her own movie and she's not like a Nick Fury kind of character is even more, I, I really don't get it. Yeah, it's called cashing in on what you hope to cash in on. And yeah. the one thing we can't say about Batgirl that trumps all of this is at least it's going to HBO Max. So if it doesn't do, if it's not... The greatest thing ever is just like, well, it's on HBO Max and they can get away with it. But we got to wrap up, Andrew. We went over time today. We had a lot to talk about. Uh, the Madam Web actually took less time than I thought. <laughs> but I mean, as details come in, maybe we'll, we'll talk about it more. Maybe not. Who knows? It is, it is what it is. But why don't you tell everybody about your YouTube channel and where they can find you? You can find me on my channel, which is just called Andrew Fantasia. And right now I'm doing the Fanny Awards, where it's like the Oscars, but better because it's not political and we're not trying to solve any agenda or whatever. And uh, I am doing 10 days counting down the 10 best movies of the year while I give out peripheral awards all throughout. Uh, tomorrow I give out the award for the best original concept, which is one of my favorite fannies. Today you didn't give anything special, though, did you? No, I don't have a special one every day. No. James Bond, number two on your list? I'm not telling. Mm. <laughs> I don't think it's one. I think it's two. I don't know what one is, uh, but I think it's 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 two. Uh, I'm excited to see it. I can tell you right now my top movies of the year because I only saw three of them. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to, though. You have to wait until the Razzie. Wait. Damn it. That's already taken. Oh! All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for commenting. Thanks for playing along. We have fun talking. Andrew, thanks for joining me. Thank you. It's been a minute, so I'm glad to be on board. Yeah, we'll have to do this again, but until then, thanks everybody again, and may you be the master of your own universe.